Greetings, heathens. Welcome to Hail Satan. This is the podcast exploring Satanism, culture, and life in general through the eyes of modern Satanists. My name is Joseph Rose. I'm a member of the finest congregation in all the land. We're called Satanic Delco, and we welcome members from everywhere in the world. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, visit satanicdelco.com. And speaking of Satanic Delco, we just had our second annual Satanic in Nature camping trip. A gang of us spent a weekend out in a place called New Holland, Pennsylvania, and I think we had a pretty great time. Some members traveled all the way from Florida to join us, which was awesome. We got to hang out with some longtime members and got to meet some new folks for the first time, which is always very nice. Um, I think we were all sad for it to end, but looking forward to doing it again next year. I think next time we need a cabin. We'll see about it. Today, I'm going to talk a bit about my experience with psychedelics. And yes, psychedelics did play a role in our recent camping trip. More on that later. First, let's shout out some kind Satanists that have joined us on Patreon recently. We've got Rod, David, Ben, Ezra, Jack, Amber, Chaos, Jade, Amanda, Nathan, Crooked Steve, Amoralist, Josiah, Brent, Sloan, Charlie, River Rain, and of course, Melty Face. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate your support, of course, and I look forward to seeing everyone interacting with the group. Thank you very much. Now, if you have a moment to spare, please visit our website at HailSatanPodcast.com. You will find links to join me on social media, a forum to send me an email, and a link to join up with us all on Patreon. We have several different tiers to choose from with varying benefits, including the amazing Greetings from Hell, Satanic Postcard of the Month Club. That is the most direct way you can support me and this show if you'd like to do that. So visit HailSatanPodcast.com. Okay, I am now joined by a fellow member of Satanic Delco. She's been in the group for a couple of years now, and she's going to help us get into this topic. Welcome, Kirsten. Hello, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Earlier in the show, I mentioned our recent camping trip, and you sort of had your first psychedelic experience, although... Not really. Um, maybe you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So we went camping. And uh, I had, for a couple months before this, we had been sort of talking about the possibility of trying a little bit of, of mushrooms uh, on this camping trip. And I wasn't really sure if I was going to do it or not, um, pretty much until until I had them in my hand. And then even then, I was like, am I going to do them? What is your background experience with substances, any of this stuff. Sure. So uh, kind of like you, I wasn't really like, I, I was never straight edge or anything, but I, 
I was never planning in my life to do any kind of drugs or anything. I didn't even drink until I was 19 or 20. I just was not a part of my, I wasn't interested in it. I didn't care. It wasn't part of my social experience in high school or in um, college. And if it was, I just didn't partake. And then only a few months ago, I tried the weed for the first time. I know it's shameful. (laughs) Um, uh, After a few weeks or months of consideration, and even at that time, I was pretty convinced I'm never going to do mushrooms. Like, weed is it? Because weed's just weed. How how have you felt about the weed since you've started? Um, I like the weed. I do it. <laughs> I do it. I do use it a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's because I am just not a, a self control kind of person. Right. Um, and it's just so easy, especially with the little weed stick vape pen that I have. Uh, it's very easy to just pick up and grab it, and I don't have any amount of self-control at all. So um, I do it pretty frequently, uh, but I enjoy it. Um, I get more out of it, I think, as a social experience. Some, I think when I do it alone, I oftentimes feel nothing in my body or my head except my eyes. Like my, my face will get tired oh. sometimes. And I'm sure that that's like a, a if I wanted to or if I did the right thing or whatever, I would notice it more. But sometimes it's just making, you know, my face will feel tired. Um, so you generally have been enjoying the weed. But I, I have been enjoying the weed. Yeah. So the idea of using mushrooms was out there and you were saying you were not thinking you were going to do mushrooms? Yeah, I was really not thinking about doing mushrooms or any other type of psychedelic or drug at all. Partially because my whole life I, I had said I wasn't going to do any of that stuff. And then weed felt like, like I said, it's just weed. It's it's it's, it's legal in many places in the United States now. It's the uh, gateway drug. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it's the gateway drug. It is. And I don't really know, like there was not a moment where, it was, where I started to consider mushrooms or so, anything, I think. It just... I sort of started to think about it a little bit. And I'll say a big part of the reason that I actually did dive into the weed to begin with is that I was thinking I I needed to loosen up or something like that. I felt like a very tense person oftentimes. um, And I thought maybe weed would help me loosen up. Do you feel like it does that? I don't know. Do you think that I've loosened up? I mean, when I see you stoned, you're definitely, you know, you're giggly, you're smiling and laughing and, you know, maybe being silly and having fun and, and sure. And yeah, you're freer in conversation generally. What happens to me, I think, when, I'm re- when, I, when I am sewn socially, though, is I do feel loose and bubbly and giggly or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes I physically cannot talk. Like, and I, I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. things in my head that are making me laugh. Uh, and I would love to tell you what they are, <laughs> but I just... Struggle to get it I out. I cannot get the words out. Like, I... I don't know how to explain it any other way. I just cannot force myself to say the words. Yeah. Um, and if I even if I even try, then I just burst into laughter. Yeah. Well, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's um, worse things to do. So you've been having a good time on the weed, and then the mushrooms presented themselves in this camping environment. Yeah. And what you just thought, what the hell? Yeah, well, I had thought about it for a few weeks leading up to camping as well. Um I kind of a few months back while I was kind of thinking about mushrooms as a possibility of, of a thing that I could try camping felt like a very distant thing in the future that I was like, maybe, you know, when camping comes, maybe I'll have made that decision. Uh, and then, you know, what do you know it had to scramble to buy some camping gear, <laughs> um, you know, the week of and camping was here. And then even up until that day, I didn't know if I was going to do them. 
And I just said to myself the same thing that I said, I think, about the weed is that what's the worst that could happen? And you just got to get over it. Like, I think a big part of my um, hesitancy to do either one of those substances was the fact that I had just previously decided not to do them. So I had to get past that. And it's normal, I think, to have some sort of anxiety or fear or, you know, hesitation generally when you're trying like a new substance. Yeah. I mean, I have a fear of like trying brand new foods sometimes just yeah. because, and I love to try new foods, but sometimes I'm like, what if this is the thing that's going to kill me? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm sure, I guess we'll probably talk about it, but, you know, I I came into all this stuff with no drug history really and quickly got into a few of these things. But, um, but yeah, so we're camping. You did have a little bit of mushrooms. I did. Uh, that that was, it was Saturday of camping trip. We did mushrooms. I had them in my hand. I was looking at them. And I was like, all I have to do is is take, you know, one. They were little capsules. Um, and I was like, all I have to do is take one. Uh, and then once I've done that, I've taken the mushrooms. So I should take them all. <laughs> no going back. No going back. And I was, I was advised to take uh, two and a half grams, I think, the first time. But I was nervous. So I was like, I'll take two grams because that... Just seemed a little safer. Sure. Um, so that's what I did. And I do not think that I felt anything <laughs> on this so-called mushroom trip Yeah. Um, for most of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be clear, now, you know, there was a whole bunch of us out camping and a handful of us were going to have mushrooms. And we did. And Kirsten here had her two grams. And the rest of us proceeded to become mushroom intoxicated and Kirsten did not. Yeah. People that were taking the same mushrooms that I took the same, same everything, same amounts, um, same everything, you know, from the same source. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the mushrooms basically after about two hours, I guess, uh, everybody, everybody, um, who was there camping and then everyone online, even that I've said, or red had said, you know, if you do a little weed, that'll help the experience. So after about two hours, I was I was nervous to do it before because I didn't want to get in too deep. But after about two hours, I I did a little bit of weed, uh, and then um, for a, a, f- a little bit of time, I experienced um, what felt like a little bit of weed, and right. not much like yeah, you had weed and yeah. you got high on weed. Yeah, and I I have no <laughs> idea what it feels like to trip on mushrooms, but I'm told you would know if you were tripping on mushrooms. Sure. So yeah, I think so. And it just didn't happen for you. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. I have no, I'm sure there is some explanation. I don't know what it is. Better luck next time. Yeah. You're yeah. going to try it again. I'll try it again. And I'll yeah. try two and a half and I'll try eating less. I don't think I ate a ton that morning, but I'll. Yeah. I eat. typically go in on an empty stomach with mushrooms. Yeah. 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 Um, and I did, I looked some up, some stuff up after the fact to see if, if anyone had any experiences with not tripping on mushrooms. And uh, some people said they have to do a bunch. Um, I sometimes, I, I think it depends on the edible, but sometimes I feel like edibles of, of weed don't do anything for me. Um, I can't really seem to determine a pattern because sometimes they do seem to affect me, um, but sometimes they do not seem to at all. So maybe it's, I don't know, I guess it's possible. It's got something to do with my stomach or my like liver enzymes or something, but uh, that seems like a long shot uh, speculation. Uh, the other thing I've, I had seen people say that they felt like they weren't letting themselves get there cause they were like afraid and they were like, yes. I'm just gonna not let myself get there. Yeah. You don't want to really resist 
or try to control it too much. Yeah. You know? And there was somebody else that was camping with us who had said that his first time doing mushrooms, he had tried to um, like fight it a lot. And that meant that he ended up pacing around the house anxious the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel anxious. I didn't feel scared or worried or anything. I just wasn't feeling much or anything. Yeah. Um, there was a moment where we were um, sitting on a bench outside the the ladies' restroom, just staring out into the forest where I was really trying to get there. I was like, um, <laughs> you know, uh, our friend was looking at some moss on the tree and I was like, I'm going to look at the moss on that tree. I'm going to, I'm going to look at these, 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 they were, I mean, it was nice, beautiful green woods, but um, I, I cannot say that anything felt like tripping, whatever tripping means. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, yeah. Better luck next time. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll come back with an update later. Right on. Um, so you've gone over your history with drugs in general. Previously on the podcast, you had a whole episode on drugs and then a whole episode on weed. Um, if you want to rehash it real quick, you can. But is to is that you weren't going to do drugs at all. Um, and then one day you were. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. I was straight edge. As a kid, I at an early age, I never experimented or tried any kind of drinking or drugs or anything like that, no smoking. And I was very certain that it was going to remain that way. I had no intention of ever changing my mind. I wasn't really open to it. In fact, I felt quite the opposite. I was very secure in my decision that it was not for me, it wasn't going to be for me, and that was that. Fast forward many years to about age 37, I want to say. I had been thinking about it. I can't remember exactly what it was that first really got my mind considering it. I don't remember why that change happened at that time, but that's how it started. I started just considering the possibility, and naturally, I always had a a curiosity about it, but nothing strong enough that convinced me to to do it. Um, So during this time, I did start considering it quite a bit. And I'd made the decision. I'm open to it. I'm going to do it. Let me look into it. And of course, at that point, my mind was set on wheat that, you know, my focus was basically just on cannabis. Like, should I try it? And I was open to other things, but I wasn't, I was definitely going to start with cannabis. And so I did. And that was around age 37. I started with the weed. I did that for several months. Uh, a few months. I'm, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but I'm guessing maybe three months or four months or something. And the only other substances that were on my radar or that I was open to at the time were things that I considered to be organic substances. And that was mushrooms and DMT. Those were the only two things that were really on my mind. And so after I'd been on the weed for a few months... I went to DMT, I tried that, and then I went to mushrooms, and I tried that, and that was the beginning. And so when you when you were considering these things, were you specifically only interested because you wanted to experience other drugs but only were interested in the organic substances, or were you interested in psychedelics, and then, and then you narrowed it down to the organic? Uh, the organic substances at that point, and maybe still, that meant something to me. I just felt, I don't know, somehow better about it. You know, I've always had a little bit of an aversion to drugs, medications, chemicals, things like that. You know, I I use them when I need to. 
And I think on that episode, I went into and sort of explained the idea of drugs, what that term meant to me originally and what it came to mean to me, because of course we all use drugs, right? Whatever that is, you know, you take an Advil, you take a, any medication from your doctor, you know, you name it. Um, and all the other things that we put in our bodies all the time that we have no idea what they are or where they come from or anything like that. So if I was going to start using these things, the ones that made me feel the most comfortable were the most natural or organic substances. Right. The the good Lord gave us these substances. And Put them here for us. And, um, yeah. In a natural state. Yeah. And all that other stuff is the devil's, the right. devil's business. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, you started with DMT. Why did you start with DMT over, over mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah, that seems weird, right? Whenever I told people... I, I was on weed for a little while and then I went right to DMT. A lot of people were like, what the fuck? Why would, what a leap, you know? And I get it. It That's a leap because I guess it's subjective, but many would say that DMT is the most potent, powerful psychedelic that there is maybe. And I was nervous about that. But when I thought about what was possible, what what else is out there? There's LSD, this DMT, there's mushrooms and whatever else a lot of these things felt a little extra scary to me. First of all, it was all scary to me. My entire drug history was a couple of months worth of weed and that's it. And so psychedelics were a little scary to me and DMT in all of its crazy powerful effects that I had read about was definitely intimidating, but the thing that made it okay to me. And the thing that made it the first choice was just the fact that the experience itself was very short-lived. It's very quick, just minutes long, whereas an LSD trip or mushrooms can be several hours at least. Um, with LSD, it can be you know significantly longer. And that worried me. I thought, you know, I don't know what this is. What if it's bad? What if it's scary? What if it's terrible or I hate it? I don't want to be trapped in whatever that could be for a day or for 12 hours, you yeah. know? So the idea that a DMT trip, what if it's bad? What if it's terrible? Okay, it's only going to last eight minutes. I guess that's a risk. I feel a little more comfortable with taking. Yeah. You know, I could deal with five or eight minutes rather than 12 hours. And, you know, when I was considering, when I was sort of considering mushrooms after I had been using the weed for a few months, just like you, I had also was thinking about DMT, hmm. not not that I would use it, but that there was something comforting about it being only a few minutes long. And it seemed a little bit safer in terms of, I also was nervous about losing control of you know, my body and my mind and my time, I guess, for a significant portion of the day yeah. uh, and being and being stuck there. But the other consideration, I guess, is the experience. If you just Google the experiences of people who take DMT versus mushrooms there, they seem like very different, very different yeah. experiences. Yeah, they're and different. And DMT seems a little bit more, um, not scary, but intense of a... Yeah, of I a, mean, it can't... Yeah, yeah. Intense is a word yeah. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> When you were going to try DMT and mushrooms, were you specifically looking for a psychedelic experience? You wanted to experience psychedelics or you just 
had tried marijuana and that's a quote unquote drug and it wasn't that bad. So you wanted to see what else was out there. Yeah. I, I wanted, you know, we've heard about psychedelics for our whole life. You know, I've forever, I've heard about acid trips and mushrooms and all this stuff. And you hear a million wild tales and some of them sound really interesting. Some seem scary. Some are just intense this way or the other. And I was interested, and a big part of even making this change from being really against using drugs to being open to using them was just the way I'd been feeling generally for a long time, which was depressed, angry, and just all of that stuff. You know, a bunch of stressful, negative emotions that were a regular part of my day. And I wanted something else, a big part of my depression and what made me feel those ways was this idea that life is mundane and uninteresting and boring and I'm just on the fucking hamster wheel of life and here we go, another Tuesday, another Wednesday, let's do the chores, let's push the buttons and and it wasn't feeling great. And so I'd gotten attached. The, the way I would word it to myself was that I was looking for the beautiful moments in life. And, you know, there's always these great little moments that you get jazzed about. Maybe you, uh, I don't know, get excited about a person or you find a cool new record or try a fun new food or something that makes you happy for a moment. And those were just too few and far in between. And I, I wanted something to enhance my life a little bit, to introduce memorable, positive, beautiful moments into what I saw as a mundane existence that was kind of depressing. And everything I'd come to understand and hear about psychedelics led me to believe that maybe that's a tool that that would introduce these things. And you feel like... It has? Yeah. Do you feel like it has only in that moment when you um, are high, or do you feel like it extends past the... Yeah, it. they definitely... I mean, of course, there's a giant obvious difference. You know, when you're in the midst of a psychedelic trip, that is its own thing. But in the case of... Well, cannabis also, in the case of weed, mushrooms, and DMT... There have been effects from all of them that last, I don't know if permanently is the word, but but semi-permanently, at least, they leave lasting effects that stick with me after I'm not actively tripping. You know, information and feelings and experiences that I keep with me that, you know, have, have come to affect and change who I am, I think. Good. So what's the difference between DMT and mushrooms to you? When do you use DMT? When do you use mushrooms? Are you getting different experiences out of them? Are you getting different benefits from them? Like are the actual experiences different? They are very different. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Um, let's see. So first of all, DMT is unlike anything else. And again, you know, compared to some people out there, I'm sure many people listening have experimented with many more substances. Still to this day, as I sit here, the only things I've used are cannabis, mushrooms, and DMT. And the experiences of each of them are very unique. 
to themselves. So with the mushrooms, just like with cannabis and probably LSD and other things, you know, you have your environment that you're in. You have your room or your yard or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You take these substances and you're still there. You're still in your room and it still is your room. But with mushrooms or other psychedelics, the environment is affected by these substances. You know, you can get visual effects or auditory effects or um, feelings that, that are hard to quite put your finger on maybe. But it's still your environment. And the environment is altered and interacts with your senses and okay. But you're still there. Whereas with DMT, and, and again, there are levels of a DMT trip. Maybe we'll get into some of that later. But when you have a full-blown DMT trip, the difference is you are essentially not in your environment anymore. Where on mushrooms, you're in your room and your room looks a little weird. With DMT, you're not there. Your room is not there. You are transported elsewhere. And sometimes you are transported elsewhere in an intense fucking rocket type of way. Um, you started on your couch and now you don't know where you are, but your couch is nowhere to be found. Your room is long gone and you're in a world unlike any world you've ever seen before. And sometimes you're not alone and that's pretty wild. Yeah. And, uh, uh, maybe we should have said this earlier, but DMT comes from tree bark. Yes. Well, it comes from the root bark. Most often it comes from the root bark of a few certain plants out there. Trees, the acacia tree is one. Um, the mimosa hostilis um, is another. Yeah, there's a there's a group of plants that just produce DMT naturally. And when we get DMT, it's just basically a simple process of extracting the DMT from the root bark of these plants. Um, and oddly, I, I don't have a lot of great information to go into all this, but DMT is produced in the body. There is endogenous DMT in the human body. And we only know a little bit about it. You know, people much smarter than me with the right tools are out there trying to figure that out. Where exactly in the body is it produced? Why is it produced? It's a fascinating topic. And I would love to one day understand more of that stuff. And Yeah, that's crazy because presumably then some people will produce more as with anything in your body. Some people so. are going to produce more or less and that's... Yeah, and there's lots of speculation out there in stoner communities. You'll hear a lot of stoner bro science about why it's in our body and where it comes from. It's in the pineal gland and it's your third eye and it's released when you die and all of this. This is a lot of speculation. Right. You know, people have written some books and done some research, but I don't think we have great solid answers yet. So I don't really grasp onto any of those theories with any, I don't know, real confidence right now. Right. And, you know, and you earlier you were talking about being transported yeah. uh, on DMT and that, that made me think that that's, uh, I guess it happens with all psychedelics with, with, um, DMT and mushrooms and all those other, I don't know anything about them, but mescaline and stuff like sure. that. A lot of those psychedelics are part of religions and possibly part of the, the foundation of religions. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe so. Um, elsewhere. So we're talking about it and we're going to talk about it later from a, a satanic perspective, I suppose. But yeah. I mean, um, they create 
profound experiences. Right. They, they can. You know, you can use these substances in lots of different ways, and maybe we'll talk about that too. But, well, like, for example, you know, just since we mentioned it, we were camping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love all of these substances. Like I said, they're, they're very different. They give me different things. And I've had great, unique experiences with all of them. And with mushrooms, because of the time requirement, you know, if you have mushrooms, you have a few grams, you're going to be in it for hours. That's at least, you know, an afternoon is gone for that. So basically a day, you're going to take a good chunk of your day is going to have to be free to do such a thing. And so because of that, I hardly ever use these substances. I think about them often and I like them and I like to talk about them. But in practice, I get to use mushrooms maybe a couple of times a year. And when you do them, very often, again, if you read about psychedelics, you'll definitely bump into the phrase set and setting a lot. And that refers to your physical setting, like where you are, the space that you're in, the people you're with. And set is sort of your mindset. What kind of mood are you in? What, what you know, your whole general mood and mind state at that moment going into the trip. It's important that those be, you know, in a decent place uh, to help you have a pleasant outcome. And so in the case of camping, you know, I, I don't get to do mushrooms often. So I looked forward to, I knew we're going camping. I'm going to do mushrooms. I'm going to have a whole day. i be out camping. I got nowhere to be. I have no work to do so I can do it. And I knew what the environment would be. We're going to be outside, hopefully on a sunny day with some friends, goofing off, being active, having a good time. And so in that environment, you know, I had the mushrooms camping and I spent most of the day on and off of a golf cart, freaking out through this camping resort, just laughing and listening to music and having a great time. And the mushrooms enhanced that experience. It made everything just feel more fun and awesome and silly and you name it. And it was great. That same amount of mushrooms in a different setting would have been a completely different trip. If I took those same mushrooms and sat alone in the dark in my room that day, I would have had a vastly different experience. And so, yes, sometimes when you take these substances, you can have a really profound experience. And that's where shit like religious experiences or spiritual experiences can come into play. And I'm certain they, you know, that's why they can so easily play a role in religious ceremony or ritual or any of that kind of thing. Yeah, and I I did say ceremonies and rituals, but I don't even I guess it doesn't have to go that far. Some people just try mushrooms and find God. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a there's another substance called five meo DMT. Now it's confusing because it says DMT. It is not the same substance. When we talk about DMT here today, I'm talking about a thing called NNDMT. That's sort of the chemical breakdown for it. 5-MeO-DMT is a totally different substance. I have not tried it, although I am very open to trying it. That one in particular, so many people seem to have profoundly religious experiences. Right. That is the one. You want to find God. Apparently, 5-MeO-DMT is a way to get there. Right. So if 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 ever you tune into the Hail Satan podcast and it's no longer a satanic <laughs> podcast. Right. 
Um, I've had that. Five MEO DMT, <laughs> right. baby. Um, if you're like, I need to do mushrooms, I, I feel the need to do a mushroom trip. I feel the need to do DMT right now. Mm. What are you looking for when you're, or what are you hoping to get out of that experience? Oh, it varies a lot, you know. Sometimes, again, like like camping, I knew it would just be an enhancement of a fun situation. And I had some weed, and same thing. I knew that would just be an enhancement of a fun situation. There are other times when, I don't know, you can have any number of life situations that are coming along. Maybe something's troubling you or... You know, in my case, what I often feel, especially, well, I guess it it relates to mushrooms and DMT, but what I get is over time, over the course of, say, several months or so, there's just an accumulation of life that gets stuck on you, you know, day in, day out. Again, I still have that mindset where sometimes life can feel mundane in a way that can be depressing or or troubling a little bit. And just like anybody, we we have things, you know, we have bills and I got a kid and you got a house and you have chores and you have things to do and relationships that go this way or that way and affect you in all kinds of different ways. And so there's just an accumulation of life stuff that starts to feel heavy. And a good mushroom trip is a good way to have a bit of a reset and sort of exercise a lot of that stuff. On mushrooms in particular, pretty often when I'm having a a relaxed, you know, solitary mushroom experience, unlike the camping environment, it it very often is a very introspective thing. I spend hours by myself and without trying, you know, you're faced with realities of your life and of yourself. And sometimes, you know, what I like to say is sometimes it it really just puts the microscope on yourself. And that's not always a super fun or comfortable experience. You know, we all have some bullshit that we can get up to, you know, we're not perfect. And if you're not paying close attention, sometimes you could make choices or have behaviors or whatever it is that aren't ideal for you. And for me on the mushrooms, it really, that introspection is really cranked up a few notches. And so I take a look at myself and what I've been doing and how I've been doing it and relationships and all of that stuff. And I find that it can bring some clarity. And also it serves, like I said before, as a bit of, it feels like an emotional exorcism almost. Like there are times on mushrooms where I will just cry. Like I'm a dude who, I don't really cry. That's not a thing that happens often. Occasionally, if I get stoned on the weed and I think about my dog or a great song, I'll cry. Um, but on mushrooms, it is a different thing. It is a real outpouring of emotions, you know? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be about any one specific thing. It really is just this, I don't know, a cleansing, if we want to use like a, a woo-like term, you know, and when you talk about these these emotional or these these um, the more difficult introspective trips, do you think that's what people are referring to when they are having a bad trip, or do you think that you're just not having those bad trips? You're just having a slightly 
difficult time. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't have any experience that stands out to me in my memory as a bad trip. I have definitely had challenging trips, I would say. And I, I make that distinction because if I have a bad trip, like, oh, that was just a bad time. That was a bad movie. I don't want to watch it again. I don't feel that way about any of the experiences I've had. The challenging, uncomfortable times I've had with psychedelics, I feel have been valuable. It might not have been fun to see these parts of myself in that moment, but it was valuable because after the fact, I was able to acknowledge that, address it in my life and in my mind. And so it was a valuable tool to getting me there. And that's therapy, right? I mean, therapy, I'm a, I'm a proponent of therapy. If anybody can go see a therapist and just talk on a regular basis, I think that's healthy. I think it's good. And I've done that. You know, when you go to a therapist and talk things through, that's not always comfortable, right? You're going to have to talk about things that aren't pleasant. You're going to have to remember things that weren't pleasant. You're going to have to talk about mistakes you made or or whatever, things that are troubling. And if there was nothing troubling, you probably wouldn't be in therapy. But of course, life is complicated and difficult, so we do have difficulties. And in a similar way, I feel like psychedelics can be therapeutic. Now, it goes without saying, let me, I guess here's my bullshit disclaimer for everybody. I'm not a doctor. I don't know shit. I'm not recommending you go use substances willy-nilly on your own. I don't know. I know that for some people, if you're perhaps on different medications, they can interact in many different ways with your psychedelics, and that can be not good for some people. So, you know, you're all adults. You'll make your own decisions. For me, I've had many of these experiences that felt therapeutic and valuable in in that similar kind of way. Yeah. And to speak to that, I guess, therapeutic aspect a little bit, but if you are interested in that, you can you should research. There are therapists out there that do offer this sort of psychedelic oh, yeah. therapy treatment. Um, they definitely don't recommend you do it on your own because they are uh, you know, trained professionals and doctors. <laughs> um, oh, and if you do it alone, they don't get paid. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> you know? um uh, but yeah, that that certainly but, wouldn't be a bad option. But that's a real thing. And if you are, I mean, um, I learned a little bit about that because at, at your recommendation, Joseph, I read that book, How to Change Your Mind by Michael, Michael Pollan, yeah. uh, which uh, there was a recent Netflix series that just came out. Yeah. Um, not based on the book, but, you know, um, I guess based on the book. It's Yeah, um, from the same guy yeah. on the same topic. It's different than the book. But yeah, exploring yeah. more of that. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't watched that whole series yet but i read the book and they talk a little bit about that that therapy experience yeah uh and i watched the mushrooms episode of the new tv show in particular mm-hmm. uh, and that episode i think was is pretty much all about the therapeutic aspects of mushrooms pretty they much. didn't really get into any i can't think of the word but fun use of mushrooms it's like recreational recreational yeah, is the yeah. word uh that episode was really about the therapy that you can get through consumption of mushrooms um let's talk about satanism a little bit sure um one of the the things that you frequently mention about your use of psychedelics is that you think that they've made you a more compassionate and empathetic person. Um, I do think so. Um, yeah. Even, even weed. I think weed fits in there too. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Do you think that's because of the, 
good feelings you get when you're being when you're high or do you think that it's because of those introspective challenging highs or do you think it's a combination of all of them do you think it's generally that they've made you a happier person uh yeah it's it's all of that stuff um the the more intense personal introspective trips they get more of the intense work done i guess is one way to put it but they all contribute when i'm high on some weed and i'm just hanging around with my friends i feel good about you know assuming i'm with a good group of people that i want to be with you know i feel better about those people you know i'm listening to a song i already love i love the song even more for me at least it enhances things typically in a positive direction and when that the high trails away and is over the feeling still exists the memory the ideas you know that that still is there in a really kind of tangible way for me and so yeah all these little drops in the bucket one of one at a time of you know feeling a little more compassionate i love my dog a little more today you know i love my friend a little more today whatever it is uh it contributes and then the the more intense ones on mushrooms or even dmt maybe they can leave a really lasting impression on you and and one of the ways that can happen is that it might spark a general change in behavior like i need to do less of this you know whatever it is you know maybe maybe i don't need to be right all the time in a conversation or a debate or an interaction with a person in my life you know maybe i don't need that maybe i should put my ego away and allow myself to be more open to others information or perspectives and that's just one example you know but that's a real thing and i think they've really contributed to those things do you feel like there's a clear change in your mindset or i want to say personality but personality is not the right word from before you had tried psychedelics at all to after or do you think it's more of a an ongoing it like is if i don't do it for a couple months are you gonna fall back into some grumpiness right well it's a little bit of both so now that I've been using substances for several years, yeah, there is a clear before and after. Yeah. There is pre-weed and psychedelics, Joseph, and post-psychedelics. And yeah, the, the easiest, most obvious one I always think of is that I find that I'm a much less angry person. I was... I can't say I'm not depressed. Look, most of us experience some levels of depression. It comes and goes, right? That's just sort of part of life as I see it. But it was a much more direct, intense struggle as a younger man for me. And along with that came an anger. I don't know. I, I, could, I could get into a whole therapy session now and speculate as to why that was and where it came from and why it came out the way it did. But suffice to say, I was a depressed, angry young person. And that is significantly different pre and post weed and psychedelics. Uh, and I'm really thankful for that one. It, it's this is kind exhausting. of exhausting. Yeah. Kind of tangential, I guess. And, and I don't, I didn't know you before 
weed and psychedelics. Mm. But I feel like I know what you mean because I, not that I mean, my angry Kirsten was probably a lot different than angry Joseph. But I feel like for a lot of my life, I was um, like, like looking for things to be angry at or mm. like annoyed with. I was getting frustrated very easily. If people would, you know, ask the like when people would ask me to do something, I'd be like, you know, angry that they couldn't do it themselves um, or like Google it yourself or whatever. Um, and I know you're probably thinking you're still like that Kirsten, <laughs> but it's not even close to the same thing. Sure. Uh, but that like those things would really frustrate me and like ruin my day, you know, when, yeah. when somebody was getting, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm, I'm thinking of a specific job right now. I mean, it was up until it was most of my life that I felt that way, that I was getting very like irritated and angry and, um, like frustrated with people. And then not to, I don't know, pat anyone on the back here, but when that stopped seems to be around the time I joined satanic Delgo about two years ago and sort of by accident, almost even uh, not by accident. I was happy to be there, but I, I uh, this was before the podcast. I hadn't even heard of it. Somebody was like, Hey, Kirsten, you should join this Facebook group. Mm. Um, and, and I'm, I was in Delco or I was in Philly at the time. I don't, I wasn't super active, uh, you know, the first couple months at least. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, around that time, I think is when I started to loosen up and like stop caring about those things. And I think a part of it was that I just realized it was exhausting to me and I didn't need to walk around like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we, we may have talked about this a little bit before. Right. And I think in, in that case, maybe part of it is just a regular exposure to interacting with a wide variety of different people. You know, a lot of different types of people from a lot of different places with a lot of different everythings and exposure to that. Like if you have to kind of get along, right? If the goal is let's be nice and get along. Yeah. You open yourself to. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I haven't thought about this, so I don't know what words are going to come out or if I'm going to think they're true after I say them. (laughs) But um, yeah, I always kind of live my life like you don't have to like everybody, but you have to you have to kind of get along with people. You have to be nice. You have to be nice. And, and keep the peace <laughs> at a bare minimum, you know? And that's kind of what I try to do. I don't, I, I don't start fights with people or anything. I, I don't, I'm not um, outwardly antagonistic most of the time. Um, I mean, I'm definitely more antagonistic, Sometimes. I think, with my friends yeah. <laughs> than, than with people outside of, you know, outside of that. But then I, because I couldn't do it to that person, because a person would ask me what I was like, that's a stupid question or whatever, dumb, like whatever, like I was definitely wrong for being angry about that stuff, but I'd be like, that's a dumb question, but I couldn't say it to them. So I would just like, you know, carry it around (laughs) all day. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's one way, I guess that psychedelics have helped you grow in your Satanism, I suppose, (laughs) if that's a way to put it. Yeah. Um, I've never made the most strong direct connection between Satanism and my psychedelics, but there's definitely some crossover in, in at least those type of areas, you know, uh, compassion, empathy, any type of consideration for others, you know, this is a satanic podcast, you know, so (laughs) it is. Yeah. I guess, I guess if there's a connection, uh, that's the one. Um, but also, look, I like to talk about indulgence. Good old Anton left us with indulgence as a satanic principle, a thing to be valued. And I definitely take that as an important part of my Satanism. And I like to indulge. I like to have a good time. I like to feel good. Why is indulgence yeah. a satanic principle? Because 
Anton LaVey said so. Okay. He <laughs> he gave birth to modern Satanism with the Satanic Bible, and in it he writes quite a bit about the importance of indulgence. We are animals, right? We have one life to live. We we assume there is no afterlife. Some of us feel strongly about that. And if we're going to have only but one life to live, we ought to make it the best one we can, right? And I've found that having a life with some weed in it <laughs> is better for me personally than a life without it. And I don't feel any shame about using it, religious shame or societal shame or anything like that. I don't feel like I'm in the throes of compulsion or addiction. I feel like I make an informed adult choice to indulge in these mind-altering substances at times to my benefit. And that fits uh, indulgence right. for sure. Right. And you know, a lot of people, I think, who came from Christian and Catholic backgrounds at a, at a minimum um, say that those religions are very much about not indulgence and shame of of, for anything that might be indulgent. Yeah, um, man, we could we could get lost in a whole wild tangent here, but that is a big part of at least Christianity. You know, they have their Ten Commandments and, and all these things. There is original sin. From the very beginning, it's been a denial of our human selves. And again, good old Anton uh, pointed out that Satanism is a carnal religion. We are animals, and we we are allowed to have a focus on the self, and that's okay. Yeah, a big part of your Satanism or outsider Satanism, but even before you were talking about outsider Satanism, you had been talking about how there should be more of a focus on um, like self not self-love. What's the word? <laughs> self-fulfillment, self-empowerment. Empowerment. Yeah, maybe empowerment. Uh, self-care. Care is self-care. the word. <laughs> but sure. there should be more of a, you know, there should be some kind of built-in thing about how self-care is important. Yeah. And this is, I guess, one way to tie it in there if you if you wanted to do that. Yeah, I'll, just the know. idea, the idea that we just self-care generally, self-empowerment, self-care. Of course, those things are important and if Satanism has a focus on individuality and the self, which to me it does, then taking care of that self is super important. And I always say that if you're going to be valuable to anyone else in any significant way, you've kind of got to have your own shit together a little bit, you know? How much great, meaningful advice or help can you give out to people close to you if you're a whole fucking disaster? And so anything that falls in the category of being therapeutic or helpful to the self is important. Right. Yeah. And I guess a part of that would also be knowing if, if psychedelics are not for you. For sure. Because um, there's definitely going to be people that psychedelics are not for you. Definitely. Um, they are not for everybody. Um, Earlier, I even mentioned, you know, the way they might mix with some medications. A lot of people are hopped up on medications for any number of reasons nowadays. And I know that, you know, I don't have a lot of experience. I'm not on those medications, but I know that some classes of medications interact in different ways with these psychedelics and it's recommended that you don't mix them. 
And so that's a consideration for a lot of people. Um, and any number of other number of things that ways you could be mixing them. You do have to be careful and, and you know, do your own research and do your best. I took note of the Church of Satan's policy on drug abuse uh, because it made me laugh, actually, uh, because it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't quite what I was yeah. expecting to see. Yeah, Church uh, of Satan's deal isn't so much anti-drug as it is anti-breaking the law. I think their deal is it's you shouldn't much use illegal is. drugs because if you're breaking the law, you're putting yourself at risk and that's bad for you. So don't do illegal things, including drugs. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm, I'm loading it up right now. But I remember being surprised to see it. Yeah, here, you, okay. This is all quite simple. The Church of Satan does not condone illegal activities. If the use of certain drugs is illegal in your country of residence, they are just that illegal. They say if you're going to do it, you do so at your own peril. It's not sanctioned by the Church of Satan. If a substance is legal, a Satanist may or may not choose to indulge in it, but indulgence, not compulsion, is your guide. I would imagine, I don't know for sure, but I imagine most of the listeners of this podcast are TST-leaning if they have to pick between one or the other, but TST doesn't really talk about drugs um, right. so much. Yeah, not explicitly, no. um, So I that's when I had, I'd researched some Church of Satan stuff just to see what they were at. Yeah, I know that Anton was sort of turned off to hippie culture, people getting lost in drugs a bit and uh, perhaps overdoing it, at least in his view. And so I know he wasn't, he wasn't all about that hippie culture. Yeah. I just, that stood out to me when I was looking because I thought, I don't know. I'm just surprised that they're follow the rules. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. I mean, if their deal is like self-preservation, yeah. hold, you know, the Church of Satan's deal in, in one way is holding the self, you know, at the highest regard. You know, that is the most important thing yeah. is um, celebrating, enhancing, protecting the self. And yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you're in a fucking jail cell for a drug charge, then you're not really living your best life. Yeah. And so the deal is don't break the law. Yeah. Live your best life. Did we cover it? I don't know. I thought we were just getting started. Are we? What do you want to talk about? No, I think that's probably good for now, but I'm definitely open to revisiting this topic with some more detail and experiences in the future. You guys can all let me know if that's something you'd like to hear. In the meantime, Please visit the website at HailSatanPodcast.com. Stay safe out there and Hail Satan.